0: I'm so glad to see everyone again. Right action, or as your minister prefers the translation, wise action. I have a mental list of books the titles of which are so well composed that you really don't even need to read the book itself. (laughs) A favorite example is one that was popular a couple of decades ago, really, called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. There you go. There's the point. Another one is by the wonderful spiritual teacher, Richard Rohr, who wrote a book entitled, Everything Belongs. I use that as a mantra sometime. Everything belongs. Now, here's one I like entitled, Do It Now. I brought it to show you it really gets your attention, doesn't it? The subtitle is Break the Procrastination Habit. (laughs) And here's one that really caught my attention because of this very focused title. You already know what to do you already know what to do, subtitled, 10 Invitations to the Intuitive Life. Very reassuring, at least in my mind. If you want to look at these after the service, you're very welcome to do so. All these titles really are about action, aren't they? Wise action is the fourth step of the Eightfold Noble Path. Traditionally, it's called right, R-I-G-H-T, action. But as I said before, your minister has chosen to title it or print it this morning as wise action, and I have seen that used by other teachers as well. Probably the word right in right action is a little misleading because we humans, well, we Westerners at any rate, tend to think of right in terms of calling its opposite wrong. We tend to think of it in a moralistic way and that's really not what the teaching is about. Remember, the entire Eightfold Noble Path was given by the historic Buddha in order to help us alleviate suffering our own and others, and also to uh, bring us to greater happiness. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm stressing about whether I'm getting it right or doing something wrong, that tends to increase my suffering, hence the word wise, Again, right does not necessarily mean the opposite of wrong. It can easily mean fitting or appropriate. In other words, we often speak of the right tool for the job. And here's where wisdom really comes into the picture. Whatever action we choose to take, regardless of which aspect of our lives that involves, that action needs to advance our objective in some sense. And so we need to slow down a bit, don't we? To reflect, to ponder, to discern, This is how we cultivate wisdom. Let me put this in first person a little bit. I know that there is spaciousness in my mind. When my objective is wisdom, if I'm trying very, very hard to be right, however, I'm more likely to get tense. I don't think that's an unusual response. The effort to be right can cause anxiety, even panic. But that um, reaching that aspiration toward wisdom brings an open willingness into our Mm -hmm. mind. So wise action is the appropriate action for fulfilling an objective. We want that action to get us where we're going. My favorite Lunig cartoon, I have it here with me and again, you're welcome to come up and, and uh, be nosy through my notes here, if you like. This cartoon is entitled, How to Get There. A pensive-looking man is standing on a path. He looks ahead and has a knapsack over his shoulder. The caption reads, go through the gate and head out toward the horizon. And we see our guy do just that. Then he's told, keep going toward the horizon. And the sketch shows the man in a fairly bleak place looking downcast. Then our guy is told, sit down and have a rest every now and again. And we see him in a seated position. He's got a little smile on his face. There's some fluffy clouds in the sky and a few little flowers around where he's sitting. Mm. Our friend starts walking again and is told, but keep on going. Just keep on with it. And in the final scene, he is farther along, and the caption says, keep on going as far as you can. That's how you get there. Keep on going just as far as you can. That's how you get there. Now, some people may view this cartoon or hear and read this description and think it's a little bit depressing. I mean, have you ever walked toward the horizon or imagined walking toward the horizon? the horizon keeps moving. And in that sense, we don't ever get there, do we? Or maybe we do. Maybe the horizon is wherever (coughs) we're standing. Someone once mentioned that as part of our inner awareness, we need to go outside from time to time with our bare feet on the ground and realize that we are standing in the sky. Most of us think of the sky as way up here someplace. Do you remember when we were little kids and we drew that thin strip of blue across the paper, and yet we got older and a little more sophisticated, and we realized that the sky goes all the way to the ground. We're standing in the sky right now. And so maybe the horizon is wherever we are. And yet, delicious paradox, isn't it? We go toward it. And we go with a certain faith, and we go with an open-hearted trust, and without attachment to outcome. This is the tricky bit about right or wise action. If we decide ahead of time what that action needs to create or make manifest, oh my, we are probably in for some more suffering. Curiosity helps as well. Let's be curious about the fact that we never really know what's going to happen that there are no guarantees, and let's also see the humor in circumstances when that's possible. Have you ever noticed yourself saying, oh, you know, when something challenging is, is happening, oh, one day we're going to laugh about this? Uh, uh, all right? Oh. Well, I came across a saying, wish I could take credit for it, that uh, suggests that we say this to ourselves, if it will be funny later, it's funny now. (laughs) So go ahead and laugh, or at least chuckle. It will alleviate stress wonderfully. Well, how do we know what action to take? Suppose you are deeply worried about something uh, either in your personal life or in world events. And maybe you want to make a real difference in life, and you have no idea how to do that. I will share with you three discernment points that I use for myself and have for a long time. And I'll put these in question form. What am I able to do? What am I willing to do? What am I called to do? I'll say that again. What am I able to do? What am I willing to do? What am I called to do? Well, let's start with the first one, our ability. Let's say that you're really concerned about something political and you may find yourself thinking, well, I wish I could run for office. And when you think about it, you remember that you have a certain health problem or that your stamina isn't very reliable. And so running for office is not something you're reasonably able I knew a person once who had this kind of concern, and here's what she did. She made a commitment to read, in this case, the Christian Science Monitor every day because it's known for objectivity, and then write letters to various senators, congresspeople, other leaders in various institutions. In other words, she did not have the confidence that she was able to run for office. At the same time, she took the responsibility to inform herself and do what she could, in this case, writing letters. She was able to do that. The next question, after what am I able to do, what am I willing to do? Those of you who know me (laughs) know that I'm committed to animal welfare. I've rescued more dogs and cats since I've lived in Tulsa than I can ever count. I am willing to attempt to rescue an animal who comes into my yard or I see in the park across the street from my house. I'm willing to do that. I am not willing to drive around Tulsa looking for animals (laughs) to rescue. Although I suppose if if you want to be, you know, really really picky about what ability means. I'm able to do that. I'm not willing uh, to do that. I also don't feel called to do that by my deepest values, by my understanding of divinity, all right? So it's not our technical ability that uh, carries the day, the decision, as you might say. We need to respect our own willingness and readiness. That's a basic part of self-care. Now, what am I called to do? What is so compelling in my value system or sense of the divine that prompts me repeatedly to action? <laughs> Back in a previous life, I taught mathematics at a school in the Washington D.C. area uh, called St. Stephen's School for Boys. And I don't know. I suppose it was a Friday afternoon or something, and and the students—you could tell—they had just had it. Mm-hmm. And so we engaged in a class. Um, uh, discussion really about that that classic. Well, what do you want to do when you grow up? And it was delightful, you know. All the boys, you know, I say boys because that's. It was a boys' school. Uh, had some some wonderful thoughts and provocative thoughts, and gave me prompts for great questions. And their answers were often hilarious, but also uh, intriguing. And at the end of this discussion, or toward the end of the class period, one of them piped up and said, well, what did you want to be, Ms. Finley? And I looked at them, kind of, you know, I gave them that look, that teacher look. (laughs) And I said, Well, exactly what I'm doing, of course. You know, I wanted to indicate (laughs) how fulfilling and rewarding it was to teach this lot. (laughs) And one of them rolled his eyes, and he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And, And then he said, if you weren't here teaching us, what would you like to do or be? It just popped out of me, and I said... Oh, principal oboe of the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. (laughs) And another kid looked at me and said, you would waste your whole life doing that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, because you see teaching algebra was my day job. My the job of my, of my heart, of my passion, was oboe playing. And so I had night gigs, weekend gigs, eventually quit my day job, but that's another story. So in my mind, I was putting this to the discernment test. Well, am I able? in my humble opinion the chicago symphony orchestra is the best symphony in the world and no way that's a little beyond my reach and i muttered something that that was beyond me to the class and one of them piped up and said miss finlay that's not what you say to us Oh, don't you hate it when they use your words back to you? And said, same kid said, you tell us all the time that we need to have confidence and, and, and really go for whatever uh, we, we want to do deeply. Why don't you do the same And I had to acknowledge that I had been bested at my own game. Now, Chicago Symphony really was unrealistic. At the same time, using that third question, what am I called to do? I was at that time in my life called to be as good an oboe player as it was humanly possible for me to be. And I had a lovely little career uh, that uh, was very fulfilling and rewarding until I encountered in the great reality another call, which was to be among people the way I'm being right this minute. So. What am I able to do? What am I willing to do? What am I called to do? I want to assert that these three questions need to be answered affirmatively for wise action. Action that is truly part of one's wisdom and need to be skillfully discerned. The Eightfold Noble Path is a reliable approach to increasing our happiness and alleviating our suffering. I commend it to you. Wise action is a very vital part of this process. And so I close with a simple loving kindness prayer. May you be happy. May you be well. May everything be well in your life. May you have peace. Amen.